Welcome to the JCAR Report podcast brought to you by the esteemed Johnston County Association of Realtors. Whether an aspiring agent, seasoned professional, or simply intrigued by the dynamic world of real estate, this podcast is your ultimate gateway to the industry's latest trends, expert insights, and insider knowledge. Join us as we unlock the secrets to success, explore market dynamics, share inspiring stories, and provide invaluable tips to help you navigate the ever-evolving real estate landscape. Get ready to embark on a journey of discovery as we empower you with the tools and strategies to thrive in the competitive realm of property transactions. Tune in, stay informed, and elevate your real estate game with the JCAR Report. Well, hello, Tony Harrington. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know that you've got a busy schedule as a 2023 president-elect and 2024 president. Uh, We're very excited to see what happens in the next year. So again, thank you for joining us. And just tell me a little bit, why don't you just introduce yourself for the few and far between, I'm sure, who, who aren't aware of who you are. Just give them a little bit of background. It's great to be with you. I tell you, Bonnie, I was, I was excited for the uh, invitation because this is my first podcast. I love that. So we're going we're gonna to do this outright. Um, I'm Tony Harrington. I'm a broker owner. I'm a broker in charge, and I'm a certified residential real estate appraiser with my firm, The Property Shop, down in Wilmington, wow. North Carolina. So I've been in real estate for 27 years now, I guess it is. And... Um, you know, my previous career, if you wonder how I got into real estate or how I found myself to go into real estate, uh, my previous career was with American Airlines. Oh, really? Yeah, I was a flight attendant with American Airlines, which is something most people don't know. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, and I, I flew for a while based out of Raleigh-Durham, and then they took me into corporate management, and I became the manager of flight attendant training. Oh, wow. Corporate with American Airlines in Dallas, Texas. And that led me back to the East Coast, where I started managing international flight bases. Oh, wow. So I managed Kennedy, New York Kennedy, Boston, Nashville. And then my last job before I left was managing the Raleigh Durham International Airport. Hmm. I was in charge of uh, London and Paris flights. Oh, wow. So I was gone every week. And the pilots were starting to go on strike. They were going to close the base down. And I was like, you know, I, it's time for me to get out of the business. And yeah. so in my 20s, which I was doing that in my 20s, I decided to, to make a switch. And it was interesting because I had one of my flight attendants that I supervised that was actually a real estate agent. Oh, really? And I say real estate agent before I realized what the term realtor was. Yes. Yeah. So I knew that they were a real estate agent. And I loved watching the amount of time that they, they were able to make their own schedule. Mm-hmm. And I saw the freedom of that. And so I thought, yeah, that's something interesting. And so I started going through the coursework and became a, a real estate agent and a realtor and worked out of the Raleigh Durham market. Wow. And so then how did you end up in the Wilmington area? So uh, we had a beach house down at Wrightsville Beach, and we would do that trek every weekend mm-hmm. back and forth to the beach. And I was, I had a buddy of mine that, that owned an appraisal firm down mm-hmm. in Wilmington. And he says, you know, why don't you get your appraiser certification and come down and you can work with me, and you can do residential real estate and appraising. And that intrigued me. And I thought about it, and I did the training for to be a certified appraiser. It's the best thing I've ever done. Really? Because what it's done is it's made me as a realtor. Absolutely. I see valuation, and I see the way that we analyze properties from a different perspective. Yes. yes. So I've enjoyed having that, and that's what brought me down to Wilmington full-time. Yeah. 
that's a great point as far as the um, being an appraiser, just because it's definitely a different view. And, and it's one that, that gets a little bit of, you know, slack and, and to be able to have that knowledge and understanding of where it comes from, I have to imagine it makes it your knowledge and skill set that much better. So it's a different market now than it was. You yes. know, I've been I've been in real estate for 27 years now and the appraisal world has changed and it's more, more complex and mm-hmm. it's more restrictive and it's the way that you have to do things. It's just different than it was. Yeah. But the concepts to anyone who's thinking about Going that next level and adding another layer to your profession. Yes. It's a natural fit. Yeah, absolutely. We are actually going to be having using a new build one story home for a home measurement 101. And we have an appraiser coming in. And I was shocked to see how many people are, are dying to get into this class because it's just, I mean, it's difficult, you know. I hated measuring houses. Yeah. As a realtor, when I first started, I hated it. I didn't yeah. understand it. I couldn't comprehend it. Yeah. Now, I absolutely love it. I yeah. love wrapping myself around a house and trying to figure out complex yeah. situations. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it. So, um, we now understand how your real estate journey started. Tell us about how your association volunteer journey, where did that begin? Have you been doing it from the beginning? And kind of how it's helped impact your career and everything like that. I was a late bloomer. I had been in the business for 17 years before I even realized that there was a local. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I had a, the story is, and I tell it all the time because I'm very proud of this. I had someone join my firm. Because mm-hmm. I, I opened my own firm and I had uh, a past state president, past local president, Patrice Willett, mm-hmm. join my firm. And she sat down and when we when we met, I thought I was going to be interviewing her. She interviewed me. Mm-hmm. And she says, what are you doing with the association? What are you doing to answer crap? And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm running my business. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm keeping my head underwater and I'm just doing what I can do to keep the business going. And she says, you need to get out of your comfort zone. And you need to see the bigger picture. No, perfect way to put it. So... She took me to my first national convention. Oh, wow. I didn't. I had not done anything local or state. She says, come on with me. We're going to go to our first national convention. So I went to San Diego one year. I came back. And because of the networking that I had done with individuals there, mm-hmm. immediately I started getting phone calls about being active at the state level. Oh, wow. Even local had not recognized me mm-hmm. to do anything yet. Mm-hmm. So. I got the call to be a part of Kim Dawson at the time. She was the state president, her economic development. Yes. Group. Yeah. And I said, why me? She says, you know, you're an appraiser, you're a business owner, you're, you're down at the coast, you understand complexities of that. She goes, we want you to be a part of our team. So I went and became a part of the first inaugural economic development committee. And that was my first job as a volunteer in any aspect across the spectrum. Hmm. That's great. So. Yeah. And economic development, I mean, that that committee is, I mean, I can't imagine how it's changed over since from when you started to now with everything happening in the state. Well, you know, it's, when I started, I didn't know, I mean, who knows really economic development? That's mm-hmm. not a professional, Yes. you know, it's not something that I do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But when the deeper we got into it, the more we realized that we as realtors are economic developers. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're creating things and, and situations and, and environments and enhancing our communities and bringing people into our communities and moving people away from our communities. That's mm-hmm. economic development. Absolutely. So before I realized it, I was really enjoying that process and mm-hmm. I was growing and I was expanding. 
from that. And mm-hmm. From that point on, it just kind of dominated into other other opportunities. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Love it. So you, I do know that uh, when I first started, you were the chair for the subcommittee for global economic development. How did that come into play? Did you create that committee or subcommittee or? When we, when we, in the first meetings that we had for economic development, we were still trying to figure out what we were going to do. And Andrew Bush, now our CEO, looked at me, Tony, I'd love for you to create a global program. Mm -hmm. And of course, my head exploded. (laughs) I was like, what is a global program? But you know, I did have understanding of global concepts because I had worked and traveled abroad working for the airline industry. Yeah, yeah. So an international presence and an international awareness was something that I felt comfortable with. But it was the whole, how does the real tool world fit into that? And what is the messaging and what, we're, what is our responsibility mm-hmm. from a state association? So, yes, I was able to, to with the team, help start the global program for the state. And it has been the boot on the ground work of economic development yeah. that most people don't realize. Mm-hmm. And so we have really enjoyed this program. We've gone on, I think we started that program in 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. It really kind of got off the ground in 2018. Mm-hmm. And we have been an award-winning organization or a committee since. Yeah, you know, I love, I mean, the economic development aspect uh, in North Carolina is obviously such a huge, I mean, there's so much growth occurring in all different areas that's coming from, but the global economic, you don't realize what an impact that has on the state. And so I love going and getting the updates just on, the, you know, what major countries are the are doing the most investments, how that works. It's just fascinating. It's right. absolutely fascinating. Even if it's something that you aren't sure that you, you know, like you said, your head kind of popped and, and you're like, that's way over my head. It really brings it back in and reels it back in. And you see that it, it's your doorstep, you it's know, for global. everywhere. Global's at our back door. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're in a rural or a 100%. metropolitan city, you've got global in your community. Oh, absolutely. If you have a lot of land, I feel like you're more likely to have global then the more areas that are built up because they want those, you know, you have a thousand acres, you are prime for absolutely our investments. So. We saw it, you know, with the with the economic development, we, we realized earlier on that if we were going to talk it and we were going to expand North Carolina's presence on a global scale, we needed to be where the global participants mm-hmm. were. So we did participate in an international convention many years ago. And we realized when we started to participate with that, these International investors were going to the larger markets. They were used to the Floridas and the New Yorks and the Californias and the Dallases. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't see North Carolina as a fit. Well, the second year we went to this, they started to realize that they were being squeezed out of the markets. And they were looking for places that they had elbow room to grow mm-hmm. and opportunities that weren't priced enough. Yeah. So thus, North Carolina came into play. And now we're in hot demand yeah. as yeah. being the number one best state for business. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because well, you have the uh, and down at Cape Fear or in Wilmington, they have the transport. What is it called? Transports. Correct. The, yeah, the port. The port. Thank you. You have the port there in in Wilmington, and that's huge. And I know when all of those issues were happening with California, I think I heard this at the global one of the global subcommittee meetings that North Carolina wasn't having much of an issue with their cargo transport or cargo movement the way California was, the way Miami was. And there were people who were coming to North Carolina to see what is it that they're doing that's allowing it to move. And of course, they have the cargo train uh, rail that's in right outside of Rocky Mount, I believe. And so that helps. But 
just fascinating to see how much of a player North Carolina is now in the game. And, you know, I say I feel like I came into this position at such a wonderful time because even just what's happened over the past five years, it's been so wonderful and so fun to watch. So now, as far as, you know, we now go into the the big one. You are currently the president-elect and spending a lot of time with our, our, our wonderful Lee Brown. And you've been all over the state meeting everybody. So let's talk about what, you know, the plans for next year, the exciting stuff. It's funny. You know, so I, I get to ask this question a lot. And it's interesting because, you know, a year and a half ago, when you start the process of a candidacy mode, you start thinking of the things and initiatives that do. Yeah. But leaders start to immediately tell you, Tony, don't plan for X because you're going to have to watch the market and the market's going to tell you what your members are going to need. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like an association, any association across the state or across the United States. If you go into thinking that you have the answers for all your members, you got to be listening to the members and what it is that the market is saying your members need. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. quickly, you know, while I did have sort of an agenda of things that I wanted to accomplish next year, and I would like to, I think that with all of the things that are happening on a national level, we are going to be busy next year. Yes. So let's talk about that a little bit, because it shocks me a little bit about how many realtors, unfortunately, are keeping up with the news and what's happening and how it's our goal is to not let it be a shock or a slap in the face when they see all of the changes that are happening and are going to come up. So what do you foresee? Why don't you kind of bring it back to where this conversation is coming from and what's going on and, and kind of what you see happening? None of us have a crystal ball. Who knows what next year is going to bring? But we all kind of have an idea that it's yeah. going to be not as good as we thought it was three or four years ago, or kind of when this all started. So so why don't you go ahead and talk about that? You know, there's a lot, there's multiple things. We know that technology has changed considerably over the past few years. Absolutely. So there are issues with technology and different things that are happening across that we're going to have to be very in tune with. First and foremost, I think that most have heard that nationally, there have been quite a few lawsuits that have been brought before the National Association of Realtors, with many different organizations and individuals that have been trying to, and I'm not the perfect person to be elaborating on the legal aspects of these because these are complicated. Very much so, very much. I think what we, you know, we know that there are issues that are going against the Realtor brand and against Realtor and against the Realtor industry discussing about how commissions are paid. Mm-hmm. And we have to be very careful when having that conversation so that's not crossover into an antitrust Absolutely. situation. Yeah. So yeah. we're all very cautious about these conversations. And I know that the National Association has been working very hard over the past few years yeah. in these cases to be able to set the tone of our reasoning of mm-hmm. why we say that it is not unfair for the way that we are doing our commission structures Absolutely. across the country. Some companies are saying that it's an unfair process that the buyer's agency's commission is paid for out of the listing side or out of the seller's side. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe affecting, in their minds, the cost of real estate going yeah. up higher. Mm-hmm. So with those, there was a, a website that was put in place for the National Association of Realtors called Realtor, mm-hmm. And that gives information about some of these lawsuits. Yeah. And they are one, too. I don't have a litigious background whatsoever as well. And so it's one of those where it takes a lot of conversations and a lot of reading and finding that one, whether it's a podcast, I listen, I've listened to so many podcasts on what's going on. 
to let it click because it's really difficult to understand. And like you said, it's a difficult conversation to have because of the antitrust and everything happening. So it's one of those where it is information that every realtor should absolutely know about and understand, but it's not going to be an easy process getting right. there. And so that is, this is something that everybody who is involved in real estate should be putting the time and effort into understanding it in order to prepare, because right. there is some preparation on the association side, state, national, local, as well as for the firms that, you know, BICs need to be prepared for what how their firms are going to change and how that whole process is going right. to be, could be very different on the other side of this. So, so. What, we, what we found very recently, you know, we've been talking about it at the state level for about a year now, because when we did our strategic plan for EC Realtor, we discussed, you think you're going into a strategic plan that you're going to be doing the core things that your association yes. always does. But this year, because of the lawsuits and not knowing what the ramifications could be of a what if scenario, mm-hmm. what if things went this way or what if they went that way, we needed to be more proactive than reactive Absolutely. in our conversations. And so we put together as a part of our core in this 2024 plan, these what if scenarios. Mm-hmm. So starting this next week or Wednesday, I've got a work group together of shareholders across the state mm-hmm. that deal with uh, that are association executives, MLS executives, commercial, residential, past presidents, just leaders all across the state that mm-hmm. we have picked to be able to come in to have this conversation. Yeah, because it's going to affect a lot of different avenues. It's going to affect possibly legislation. Oh yeah, it's going to affect forms eventually. It's going to affect education and awareness to not only our local associations, but also how our local associations communicate this message and training to the broker owners, the BICs, the designated realtors that are actually doing mm-hmm. the training in our firms. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, we need to have every realtor in the state of North Carolina finding out about what these are for. Yeah, you know, and do you think that the biggest impact could possibly be how mortgage loans are and how that's for how that works. And I think that's it's going to be huge if it changes that process that was changed to how I don't remember how many years ago, but they might be reverting back. And, right. and so well, think, of, think about the, um, the recent happenings with MLSs. Mm-hmm. This is this is how things are evolving. So and, and I'll digress just one second. I had a question yesterday from somebody that said, Honey, why have we been doing this more proactively in public? Well, we have been doing things proactively, but because things are changing so rapidly within days, yes, we are now just saying, okay, we are now being reactive to this because yeah. we didn't think that things were going to be as fast as we did. Just in the past two weeks. Correct. You so know. look at, we had uh, MLS on the East Coast and on the West Coast that recently changed their MLS model to show that you actually put in the buyer's agency mission agreement to pay. Right. Yeah. Now, one of our locals, one of our large association MLS run in the state just recently came to us as well. And I believe it can be also that as well in their, their MLS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we're having evolve across in real time and we need to be reactive on how we're going to communicate to our brokers and to our stores and our buyers. Yeah. Yeah. It really relates to, let's just say that you're a buyer and then you're going for a buyer appointment with the new client. Mm-hmm. You've got to explain that buyer agency agreement and, and talk about compensation. Mm-hmm. You've got to know first and foremost your value. Yeah. You Absolutely. don't know your value. You're not going to be able to ask for commission. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
100%. And it goes back to what associations and, and you as a leader in, in associations have practiced and preached is education is such a huge factor. And we are at the time now we're saying, oh, I don't have time to do that lunch and learn, or I don't have time to pay attention to that. It is going to be a detriment to your business and to your professionalism if you don't pay attention because it's changing that significantly and that fast. The thing is, is this is real estate. This is how it's always been. You know, I, I've only been in it for five years and I look at the changes. And But then you look at, at seasoned agents and they're like, this is just another ebb and flow of real estate and it's not going to end the game or end the profession. It's just, it's going to be a change that everybody has to be aware of. And frankly, to be blunt, if, if you're not, it could significantly impact whether or not your relevance in the industry and, and everything. Absolutely. You know. Uh, you know, is there an impact to the realtor brand across the nation if if we have to start and I don't have a lot of opportunity to say yeah, I think, you know, when because we are already making these changes within Absolutely. our MLSs. So we're going to have to start re educating our yes. yeah. on the way that we do things. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's a little bit of the downside of things, not downside, just the changes that are happening. Let's stay positive and say the changes that are occurring. So let's talk about all the exciting things that you have going on because, you know, no nuisance probably in the first few weeks that I started as an association executive. And I just think that you are very impactful with your leadership. And so I look forward to watching and seeing what 2024 has. So just give us a little a little taste of what we can look forward to. Well, I, you know, I'm going to put together, I don't want to go crazy on doing a lot of work groups and tags throughout the year. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I think is instrumental for us to do is I'd like for us to have a reset period for our economic development, our global yeah. and our commercial. Commercial, yeah. So That's great. I want to tie all three of those groups because all three of those groups should be talking to each other. Oh, gosh, yeah. Commercial can't do anything without economic development. Economic development helps commercial. And in order for economic development and commercial to get the business, we have to have the international Mm -hmm. investment. Yes. So it's all tied in together. So with the revamp this year, uh, going from a division within our RCA group and changing that and going into a commercial committee, I'm excited to say that we're doubling, if not tripling, our committee. Oh, wow. Which is going to be very intriguing because we've got great leaders from all across the state mm-hmm. that are joining the commercial uh, committee. And so I want to bring leaders together to do a strategic planning session mm-hmm. and a reset because we started these programs back in 2017. We were trying to figure it out and we've been doing it as we've been going, but I think it's time for us to say, stop. Where have we come from? Mm-hmm. Where are we going to? And what is our purpose? Yeah. So that we can communicate. Is it, do we see our purposes being how many people from these committees have we placed into economic development or city councils or chambers of commerces have a realtor at the seat of the Mm -hmm. table? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Or what is it that we feel like we need to continue doing on an international scale to be able to bring international investment? Yeah. So I think that's one of the fun things that we're going to do. That's very exciting that we're going to work on. I think there's three core things that I want us to talk about next year. That's going to be discover, grow, and lead. I want us to discover or rediscover the value of the real. Love it. I I had already been thinking about this before we even realized we were going through the DOJ and the department, just all the lawsuits. We've got to know our value. We've got to talk about it. We've got to be able to explain it. If we don't know it, we need to rediscover. Mm-hmm. If you've been in the business for 
40 years and you don't know your value, okay, let's do a reset. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. let's discover that together. Mm-hmm. We need to grow from the programs and services that we have. We've got an enormous amount of opportunities, education, statistics, data from not only the local, state, but the national levels. Mm-hmm. You know, members don't realize that they are a member of a trifecta. Yes. You're a member of your local association, but guess what? You get the benefit of your state association yeah. and all the programming that they have. Yeah. As well as the National Association. Oh, absolutely. If you even just tap into, I'm going to throw out maybe 20%, not even, 20% of the benefits that are provided on all three levels, you'll pay your dues back to yourself, you know, a few times over. Anything from health insurance to pet insurance to office supplies. I mean, it is uh, travel. I, I don't do anything without my NAR travel account because it just, I, everything is at a discounted rate. And there's so much that you can use. I mean, the education that they offer, the free education that right. they offer that would normally cost an arm and a leg. Uh, it's just, I mean, again, it's endless the amount of things that yeah. you can grow from. Mm-hmm. And, and if the one thing that we need to realize and I didn't realize this until I got into volunteerism mm-hmm. because I wasn't doing it, is that we are in a craft that we have to constantly be enhancing. Absolutely. We've got to sharpen our tools mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to do that? By just doing what we're doing every day? Yeah. And it's not by, and, and I've said this many times and, and people are probably sick of hearing it, it's not just by doing your eight hours of continued education. That's a requirement. It is absolutely not enough. And also, it's not enough if, you're, if your elective is the code of ethics. You've got to find a different, there's so many other facets. There was a statistic done um, by a previous NAR president, and he just happened to mention it at a, I think it was, again, an NCR event, where the average realtor does in one client transaction has 47 transactions inside I that. I saw that recently. Yeah. That was in the leadership conference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and it's insane. You know, I mean, that if you think about everything that you have to do, all the connections that you have, if you're not building your network, if you're not making connections, because if you have... You know, you give three painters or HVAC, you give those three bids to your, for your client and all three of them, you don't really know them. You just kind of Googled them, picked them out and they're not good. It doesn't look bad on the HVAC guy. It looks bad on you. And so all those little facets of the one transaction is so significant and it takes continual networking, continual education. Knowing this industry backward, forward, upside down, I mean, we it's a very political industry. Nobody likes the politics, you know, especially these days, but you have to be knowledgeable, knowledgeable about it. You don't have to be involved per se, but you have to know what's going on. Right. And, and if we are having this conversation today, and if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what we're talking about with the litigation, please learn Know it by tomorrow, because tomorrow is probably going to change. And if you go to your office and you ask your broker in charge and they don't know, oh my goodness, you get them on the phone with your association executive yeah. or Have somebody. Have them call me and I will give them every type, all the information I can possibly find. That's one thing that we always say here at the association, because we don't know everything. There's some things that we, we're learning every single day, but we're here to learn those things and figure it out. But I tell you what, if they, if you call the association and we don't know the answer, we will find it out for you and we will let you know because it's just stay in the know. That's one of our biggest hashtags, stay in the know, because it's forever evolving. Sorry, I went off on that tangent because education and, and just making sure, you know, I mean, 
growth, personal, professional growth is so important in this industry. So, so the next one you, you went over discover now grow. Grow from programs and services. Yeah. And then yeah. the last one is lead. Oh yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, in order for us to know our value, when we know our value, mm-hmm. then we start leading by example. Yes. So when we lead by example, we're actually living the life as a realtor. We're honoring the code of ethics and we are doing right by our clients and customers mm-hmm. and our fellow realtors. Yeah. And so an adjunct onto that too is we need to also be tapping and looking for our next. Yeah. yeah. It's our responsibility. You know, I remember when I first got into leadership, I don't know that I would have gotten into leadership if somebody hadn't tapped me on the shoulder. It wasn't going to be yeah. a natural thing for me to be inquisitive. Yeah to go to my association and see where do I fit. Mm-hmm. You I don't know, know what you don't know, and, right. you know, until you learn. Right. I go into, like I was, I was in Winston-Salem last week and I, and I was talking to the group and I could tell there's, you know, 90% of the people that are in the room are not volunteering in any aspect. They will come because they want to know information about their association. And I stood there and I made a specific ask. I said, look, I've got openings in these committees, right? Who wants to be engaged? And I had people swarm me because they thought, okay, I'm being asked. Yeah. You got to do that. Yeah. Yep. You got to do the ask. Absolutely. And I think, again, when you do the volunteerism and, and you really take the time to learn about that aspect of, of the industry professionally, I think, you know, can you go into a little bit about how it's helped you professionally with your business and growing your network and everything like that? I am a better broker and broker owner mm-hmm. because of my volunteerism. Mm-hmm. I've been able to see as a volunteer not necessarily take the leadership out of it. Mm-hmm. As the volunteer work that I've done on the committees throughout the years, everything that I've done has been a level of, I want to learn more. Yeah. I want to talk the next thing. What is the next thing that I need to know? Mm-hmm. And I can keep kind of enhancing the sphere of education mm-hmm. so that when you bring that back to your office and you're in clients and customers, mm-hmm. you can talk with your clients and customers and have a whole different perspective. Absolutely. You know, I, I feel comfortable now that I can talk to people about you know, they, they get talking about, say, maybe with a, a seller and they're talking about some zoning issues down the street or something. I'm like, you know, we've been working on that on the state level now. And this is what's happening with mm-hmm. that bill and this bill. And they're just like looking at me like, how do you know this? And I'm like, yeah, but I feel confident. Yeah. And it just helps me the more I do. Well, you were saying that it makes me think of, you know, if, uh, you know, I had a phenomenal realtor, but if I was somebody who was coming from out of the area and had somebody come, like if I had you as my realtor and with all that knowledge and just understanding of the community that you're involved, that you're selling in. And I just think that that would be phenomenal, you know, which a large majority of realtors do, but there's some who are, who just do the, well, I know about right. the house and that's all, but they're buying a community. They're right. not just purchasing a house. They're buying their family or even their individual future which involves that community. And so the more you know about it, the more you know about the growth, what could be happening possibly in the future, I think is that's just such a significant part of it. I, I didn't get into leadership or to volunteerism thinking that I was going to be in a position that I'm fortunate to be in now. It's just one of those things where you continue educating and getting yourself aware. And before you know it, you're in a position that you know that you can sort of make a difference. You Absolutely. know that you can make a yeah. difference yeah. within your organization. So not everybody is going to be wanting to go that direction, mm-hmm. but I implore to every realtor member out there, you have to enhance your craft. Yeah. Absolutely. Find a way. We talk about, you see people that they've got alphabet suit behind their name. I've got alphabet suit, but those areas in which I have done a designation or certification are in areas that I do 
work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Between an international or pricing strategy or, you know, if I'm dealing with international CIPS, mm-hmm. you name it. If, if we're, if we're wanting to work in a specific vein of real estate, mm-hmm. there is a designation course to enhance your craft. Yes. In yeah. that vein. Mm-hmm. Find it. Yeah. Absolutely. And goes back to, you know, honing in on your skills, but also it just, Realtor is a brand. It's your brand. And if you're selling homes, that is the number one largest purchase that most people will make in their entire lives. And to be a part of that is something I just think it's special. I think it's really special to say that, you know, all of the members here at JCAR statewide, nationally, you are a big impact on your client's life every day. Every day, you're, you impact the transaction that you provide to them impacts their life every single day. And that's special and it should be treated as such. And that's where you find your value, you know, that passion behind it. And I can't imagine a world where I don't work within the realtor realm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Absolutely. I really, I really could. Absolutely. I think there, there's a lot of things that many don't understand what the association does on the on the state level, national level, and what they do for our communities and you know, and what we do here locally, it's it really makes a big impact and could have a big impact if things weren't done. And that, that goes back to we have to bring new leaders into these positions because that has to happen for generations to come. It's not just next year's presidency and it's for decades. It's until the end, right, really. Right. You know? And I'm only driving the bus for a year. Yeah, yeah. But... It's my role, it's my passion to be able to share with realtors out there mm-hmm. my story of volunteerism mm-hmm. because everybody, I would want everybody to experience the the growth and the business opportunities that have come from the volunteerism yeah. that I've done yeah. over the years. The people you've met, I mean, oh, yeah. gosh, it's crazy. There's not a day now because of my volunteerism that I don't get, you know, a, a referral link. I love it. Let's yeah. talk about the business. I mean, yeah. I mean. I was coming on the way down. I you know, drove from Wilmington this morning to to come to here, and I I had two calls for referrals mm-hmm. from people on a national level, mm-hmm. just because I they knew me and they knew I was in this yeah. part of the country, and it yeah. happens across the state too as I travel across. So, getting involved, it's it's bottom line. It's, yeah, it's a money maker for yeah. you too. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen you know going to Vision Quest, which is is in January every year, um, and that is kind of the kickoff to leadership for the for the year. It's a great event. But I've seen almost every event I've been to, whomever we bring from our leadership, they end up meeting someone. And they're like, "Oh, I, I have a client that's looking in that area. Let me get your card." And they, you know, I mean, they come home with likely a padded wallet. So although it's volunteerism, it is going to, you know, a lot of people are like, but how does it impact my bottom dollar? It doesn't directly, but there is a way that it does. Eventually and, and it does. So eventually it does. And, and that's another bonus yeah. to the entire thing. And so. speaking of Vision Quest, I invite everybody to come in January. You're going to be yes. in Washington Duke. Yes, right down the street in Durham. It's, it's going to be beautiful. I'm there. I, our leadership is there. All of our new board members get to go and it's a great event. So we're looking forward to it. Well, Tony, this has been very, again, very excited. I really have the highest respect for for all of the work you do on the state level and also local and national. It's been really great to watch. You're you're definitely an inspiration for those on on the right way to do it. So I appreciate your time here with us today. And anything you want to leave us with? Any 
words of wisdom? I just want to thank you, and I'm looking forward to working with your leadership in 2024. Alita Boone's going to be a great She's phenomenal. president next year. She's yeah. worked with me on the state level for many years, and so I'm just looking forward to being here with and for your association. Uh, we appreciate it, Tony. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the JCAR Report, your go-to podcast for all things real estate. We hope you found our discussion insightful and valuable in your real estate endeavors. Remember, knowledge is power in the world of property. Stay informed, stay curious, and never stop exploring the ever-evolving landscape of real estate. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the JCAR Report and never miss an update. And don't forget to leave us a review or share a podcast with others who might find it helpful. As always, stay connected with us on social media where we share additional tips, insights, and behind-the-scenes content. And if you have any questions or suggestions for future topics, we'd love to hear them from you. Thank you for being a part of the JCAR Report community. Until next time, and remember, the world of real estate is full of opportunities, and we're here to help you seize them.